welcome back to Navigating Law School Admissions with Miriam and Christy. I'm Miriam, the Dean of Admissions and Financial Aid at Yale Law School. And I'm Christy, the Dean of Admissions at Harvard Law. Christy and I created this podcast with the goal of lowering barriers to access by getting accurate information about law school admissions out there into the world. But information alone isn't always enough, especially for those applicants who come from the least advantaged backgrounds. The legal profession in the United States is historically male, historically white, and historically privileged. That's not just bad for lawyers, that's bad for society. It's crucial that law schools and the legal profession as a whole work to diversify representation and provide support for lawyers and aspiring law students from underrepresented backgrounds. That support has to start early, well before the applications hit our desks. And that's where pipeline programs come in, our topic for today's episode. Many wonderful programs exist to address gaps in the pipeline to law school and the legal profession. Pipeline programs can inspire prospective students from underrepresented backgrounds to consider law as their profession and also help them understand what a career in the law looks like, especially for those who may not know many or even any lawyers. Today, we're going to feature four pipeline programs to showcase just a few of the many opportunities out there. Think of these not as the best or the only programs, but just as a sample to inspire you to explore those programs that might work for you. Listen along as we chat with representatives from SEO Catalyst, Leg Up Legal, University of Houston Law Center Pre-Law Pipeline Program, and Dear Future Colleague. Our first featured program is SEO Catalyst. A warm welcome to Van Ann Bowie, Director of SEO Law, who's going to be joining me and Christy to share more about this program. Van Ann, welcome. Hi, Marianne, Christy. Happy to be here. All right, so let's start with the basics, Van Ann. What is SEO Catalyst? Yeah, well, I think of Catalyst as an accelerator program, which exists to provide students from diverse, underrepresented backgrounds access to key information on applying to law school that they may not otherwise have received simply because of circumstances beyond their control. So I know, uh, Van Ann, that SEO Catalyst is part of a broader set of offerings that you have at SEO Law, including the fellowship program that runs the summer before law school starts. So what motivated SEO to launch the Catalyst program? And I know you're just about to head into your second year, I believe. Absolutely. Well, so as you mentioned, our flagship program is the SEO Law Fellowship Program, which we've been running for about more than 30 years. The fellowship program is targeted to students who plan to matriculate into law school, so they've already been accepted to school. Um, and interestingly, as we were seeking to recruit students for our fellowship program, Catalyst was really inspired out of our own somewhat frustrations in speaking to so many students who were interested in applying to our program, but were disappointed in the results of their application cycle. And so we sort of found ourselves trying to help them diagnose their cycle and offering suggestions and advice on next steps. And in that process, we realized that so many of them either hadn't received this kind of information before, or at worst had received information that was just simply inaccurate and damaging to students of color. Tell us a bit about some of the programming or events that last year's participants found particularly impactful. Well, Catalyst is comprised of primarily four main components. First, we partner with Manhattan Prep to provide a full LSAT course to our students in sort of a cohort model, along with up to seven proctored practice tests that students take by the time they leave the program. 
We also partner with JD Advising to provide students with support and guidance in discovering what experiences and skills they want to convey to the admissions committees. Uh, we also partner with law schools nationwide, including Harvard and Yale, thank you both so much, in hosting webinars and roundtable discussions with our students to demystify uh, aspects of the admissions process. And then lastly, we also partner with um, some of our partner law firms to provide attorney mentorship to support our students throughout the process. So I thought it was a fabulous program. Thank you for allowing us to participate in it. We met so many fantastic people. Um, and I know some of them are in our incoming class. And I'm sure um, many of the others ended up at absolutely fabulous places. So it was it was really fantastic to be able to participate this past year. So tell us a little bit about how next year's applicants and future applicants uh, can get involved and can apply to be part of the program. Absolutely. Uh, so our applications typically open towards the end of the year. So I'd be on the lookout for that starting around December. It's a two-step process. So we'll ask you to submit an application form. And then students who are selected for the second round will also be asked to complete a diagnostic LSAT and also submit a video interview. Uh, we aim to select a cohort of around 40 to 50 students, um, and the best time to apply uh, when I advise students is, is in thinking about the year before you, will plan, before you plan to apply to law school. Uh, we accept students who are still in college and students who have recently graduated. Beyond that, we're simply looking for people who are eager, motivated, and wanting to contribute to this very special community of scholars. SEO. That has the tagline, seizing every opportunity. What does that mean to you, Van Ann, and what does it mean to SEO Catalyst participants? Well, well, I love this question. So thank you so much for asking. I think this is something that we think about every day and that really drives the work that we do. So I'll leave you with a comment from one of our inaugural Catalyst scholars. This was after our virtual law school tour. She reached out to us and she said, I just wanted to personally thank you for making these admission tours possible. For me, coming from a state school whose name most people have never even heard of, it felt almost surreal to be able to meet so personally with admissions officers and deans from schools like Harvard and Yale that I've only ever dreamt of. I can't emphasize enough how much these opportunities mean to our students. They all have dreams of changing the world, and we are helping them be able to do that. Thank you for sharing that. That was really lovely. And we're so grateful for the work that you do and all of your colleagues do. And I know that everyone in the program, I'm sure, is incredibly appreciative of it as well. Our next featured program is Leg Up Legal. We are joined by Angie Vishayanan, founder and CEO of this unique organization. Angie, we're so excited to have you. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, Christy and Miriam. I'm happy to be here. All right, so let's get started. Angie, if you can tell us maybe a little bit about your own background, what inspired you to found Leg Up Legal, and then maybe a little bit about the organization itself. Sure. So my background is that I'm a first-generation Asian-American. Uh, specifically, I'm a Thai Texan. I decided to become a lawyer very late in the game. So I went to undergrad thinking I wanted to do marketing and advertising. I went to go work for an ad agency for two years after undergrad. And then the recession hit and advertising was decimated. <laughs> so, so I decided to go take some paralegal classes at the local community college. And my first assignment in the paralegal program was to interview a lawyer. And I didn't know any lawyers. <laughs> 
So I took a phone book, I flipped it open to lawyers, and I started cold calling. And it took me over 50 tries before I reached a lawyer who would speak to me. While I was doing the interview, he asked me, are you interested in going to law school? Do you think you want to become an attorney? And I said, yeah, I'm interested in it, but I'm having a really hard time finding anything out about it. And he said, you know, I think that's really smart of you to try to find out more about what you're getting into. But I can see how you're having trouble doing that. So why don't you come work for me as a legal assistant for a couple of months? And during that time, I'll introduce you to a bunch of lawyers. And that was just amazing. I mean, I don't think that many people have that kind of opportunity before law school. So I got a lot of exposure into different areas, figured out which area I was interested in, which eventually turned out to be intellectual property law. And I applied to law school. And when I was a young lawyer, I wanted to pay forward all the kindness that my mentors had showed me. So I tried to join all these mentoring programs. Every single one that I found was focused on law students and not pre-law students. And I just felt like that wasn't early enough. We needed to go earlier. And so I looked for it for years. I mean, I joined mentoring program after mentoring program. Finally, after four and a half years, I just said, you know, I'll just start it myself. (laughs) So that's what I did. I went out to create a mentoring program that connects pre-law students and or working professionals who might be interested in going to law school with attorneys who can mentor them. Can you tell us a bit about the programming and resources offered by Leg Up Legal? Absolutely. So the core mentoring program is run on a cloud-based mentoring platform that also has a companion mobile app. And basically, it's like a dating website, but for mentoring. So you get on, you create a profile, you can search through all the profiles of the mentors, and based off of their background and their practice areas, you request a match. And when you request a match, it unlocks the communication features with that mentor, and you're able to do all of your mentoring inside the platform. And they'll receive a career development plan with different mentoring objectives. So there's over 30 objectives they can pick from, and they're supposed to pick three to work on with the mentor. Each one is supposed to be accomplished in one meeting. So you're supposed to spend three meetings with the mentor before you decide, is this the right match for me or not? And then after that, if you like each other, you can continue on the career development plan, keep doing more objectives, or if you think, hmm, this person doesn't really have the right experience for me, then you unmatch and you both go back into the active pool. What advice do you have for prospective law students who are seeking mentors, whether whether or not they join Leg Up Legal? How can someone make the most of a mentor relationship? You should just be figuring out what in the world is being a lawyer really like? And do you actually want to be that? <laughs> because at the end of the day, if the answer to that question is no, then the LSAT and personal statements and all that doesn't really matter. So you should really be talking to a lot of lawyers and just getting a taste of what is their life like. The other thing that I would say is that don't be intimidated by the fact that you don't know anything. There's no reason why you should know anything. <laughs> There's no reason why you should have an idea of what a bankruptcy lawyer does in their office all day. Like you don't, and that's okay. Just be curious. As long as you're curious and you go into it with an open mind and you're willing to bond with these people and ask them these questions about how did they develop their own career paths, 
I think it's really important to just be really open-minded about learning about their full experiences and not thinking too much like I've got to find the exact practice area I want to be in because there might be a bunch of different ones that are interesting to you that you would have passed up because you thought they didn't sound interesting. Do you have any sort of etiquette tips for either the mentor or the mentee side of things? Absolutely. We go over these in the orientation. So for the mentees, know that, yes, your lawyers are very busy. That doesn't mean they don't want to talk to you. They do. You just have to make it easy for them to talk to you. So be respectful when you reach out and ask for a specific amount of time. You know, can I get 30 minutes with you instead of asking, you know, hey, can we meet up once in a while? And then um, give them some times that you're available. Make it easy. Just say, you know, I'm available at these times next week, but if none of these work for you, I'm happy to work around your calendar. And then when you get into your very first meeting, we give them like a little script, a little checklist of the things that they should talk about with their mentor. So first, just confirm with your mentor. We had 30 minutes allotted today. Is that still a good amount of time? And then as you're talking to your mentor, start, you know, way at the beginning. The way that you get to bond with a mentor is you have to have them relate to you, which means you have to take them back in time in their minds to a time when they were you. If you only ask them questions about their current job, it keeps them temporally in this timeline when the power distance between you is the greatest. If you ask them about how did you make the decision to go to law school? When did you decide? How did you decide which law school to apply to? How did you decide which one you'd pick? Though that takes them back into a time when they were still brand new to this world, and then they can relate to you better and realize, oh, yes, this person is about to embark on the same journey that I went on, and I have a few things that I can teach them along the way. All right, so let's close out with your top three tips for prospective law students. Top three tips. Talk to a lot of attorneys. Just talk to them and don't be afraid. You know, um, you're going to get a lot of ignores. Probably you might get one or two refusals um, saying, you know, I don't have enough time to chat with you, but it's all worth it. All you need to do is find one or two people that really care about you and care about your development. And that can make all the difference. I think the second tip I have is develop a support system before you get into law school. Just be really honest with those people about what you're going to embark on. This is going to be a really tough time in your life, but it's going to be super rewarding. My last tip, I think, is really just go into it with curiosity. And, you know, put the blinders on for all those other people around you that you feel like are doing better than you or they seem to know more about this than you. You know, they probably feel the exact same way you do. (laughs) I mean, I think everyone in law school has that sinking feeling that everyone else must have this figured out. I'm the only one that has no idea what I'm doing. But everyone's feeling that way. (laughs) It's not just you. Next up, we are so proud to feature the University of Houston Law Center Pre-Law Pipeline Program. Thank you to Program Director Kristen Gasepi for joining us to share more about this unique opportunity. Thank you for having me, Christian Miriam. I am absolutely thrilled to be here. So, Kristen, to begin, can you just share an overview of the University of Houston Law Center Pre-Law Pipeline Program? Definitely. The UHLC Pre-Law Pipeline Program is an ABA-recognized, award-winning national 
multi-track pre-law preparatory program. Say that five times real fast. <laughs> Created to increase diversity in the legal profession by providing critical resources, tools, and quality law school education to students from underrepresented and underserved populations. So this is obviously a very well-established program. It's been around for over five years. So if you can throw your mind back to the very beginning days, what was the initial motivation for launching this, this initiative? And why did you personally become interested in this kind of critical pre-law programming? The pipeline program was created out of a vision that the Dean of the Law Center and I both share. We wanted to create an immersive educational space for students from underserved and underrepresented backgrounds to gain information and resources to be better prepared for law school, the law school application process, and a legal career. Generously funded by the Provost of the University of Houston, the first educational track, uh, which was created for first and second year college students, was launched in 2015. And seven years later, we have expanded our programming to serve college students, regardless of their year in college and working professionals. I personally became interested in pre-law programming because I have a deep-rooted passion for increasing student access to information and a vested interest in student development. As a first-generation everything, I had to start building from the ground up. Uh, and I found through that process that I spent a lot of time and energy figuring out how to navigate college, a professional career, and life when that energy could have been better spent building upon a foundation that was already created. Um, my internal motivator is that I never want my students to have to reinvent the wheel, but rather to bring their unique perspectives to improve the currently existing wheel. So if a prospective law student joins the UHLC pre-law pipeline program, what should they expect? What types of programming and events and relationship building do you offer? In general, a student who participates in the UHLC pre-law pipeline program will have access to the University of Houston's Law Center, world-class faculty, um, attorney and law student mentors, professional development sessions, a weekly speaker series where attorneys from diverse backgrounds and areas of expertise are invited to engage with our scholars, a mental health and wellness curriculum, and administrators who are invested in their success. However, the specific educational tracks that we offer focus on different areas of law school preparation. So for example, we have uh, four main tracks that I'll talk about. Uh, the Scholar One track, which is for students who are in their first years of college, focuses mainly on skill development. Students who participate in our Scholar Two track, they are our law school admission cycle students. And so we work with them on their law school application development. Our working professional group, they get the best of both worlds because now, you know, we need to develop their skills, but we also need to prepare them for the LSAT. So um, we put all of that in that program for them. And then we have our bridge internship program, which is for our pipeline scholars um, who have been accepted to law school. They get to spend eight to 10 weeks interning at a law firm or in-house uh, legal department. 
Kristen, there are so many amazing pipeline programs out there, which is which is a good thing, but can sometimes be overwhelming for applicants. How should applicants think about choosing between potential pipeline programs and finding one that's the best fit for them? I think applicants should identify programs that can bridge the gap between where they are and where they need to be in terms of law school preparation. I think students should be very strategic, not only about which programs they apply to, but also when. Um, I think it might be beneficial for students to create a four-year timeline from their first year of college and create a yearly plan, which includes skill development. Um, And when I say skill development, I'm thinking skills like critical thinking, analytical reasoning, reading comprehension, you know, skills that are necessary for law school success. Um, And in Throughout that plan, uh, identify the programs that would provide them with the education and information they need to build those skill sets. Kristen, thank you so much for being with us. Let's just close out with your key advice for prospective law students. Absolutely. Uh, There are three bits of information that I wish to share. Um, The first is, it is never too early or late to prepare for law school. Uh, (laughs) The second is that you are not limited by your major. And the third is that do not be afraid to reach out for help. I think a number of students always think that, you know, nobody want to help me. Oh, I'm majoring in art or music. You know, I'm not law school material. Um, I haven't started early enough. All my, my friends are already way ahead of me and they have all these internships. At the end of the day, Getting into law school is a personal journey. And what you want to do is identify people who would be able to help you on that journey. And that includes reaching out to your pre-law advisor at your, your institution, maybe connecting with an attorney that you may know. Um, even if you may not have one in your family, there might be one nearby, maybe nearby your school. And even just reaching out to uh, program administrators like myself, just to kind of uh, get a sense of direction for where you need to go and, and how to navigate that space moving forward. And finally, our fourth featured program is Dear Future Colleague. This organization is led by law students, and we are so grateful that two of them are joining us on this podcast. Wednesday Brooks and Melody Zargari. Welcome. So to start, thank you so much for both for being here. Let's have you introduce yourselves for our listeners. Wednesday, why don't you go first, if you don't mind? Hi, everyone. First, thank you so much to Christy and Miriam for having me today. I really appreciate coming to talk to you all. I'm a rising 2L at the University of Missouri School of Law. And I like to think of myself as having the mind of a lawyer, but the heart of a social worker. So my legal interests are focused primarily around advocacy services for indigent clients and post-conviction claims. And I currently serve as the Director of Support Services for Dear Future Colleague. Hi, everyone. Um, Thank you both for, for having us. So excited to share a little bit about our program with prospective law students today. Um, So my name is Melody Zargari. I'm a rising 2L at the University of Florida Levin College of Law. I, before coming to law school, I was a high school math teacher. Um, So my interests are primarily focused on education and policy. Um, So long term, I hope to be in a public interest role. Um, Although immediately following graduation, I think I'd like to explore regulatory work um, or civil rights litigation. This summer, I'm working with Everytown for Gun Safety um, doing Second Amendment litigation. So I'm very excited about that. 
So I love the name of your organization, Dear Future Colleague. I think it's genius. Can you tell us a little bit about what Dear Future Colleague does? Sure. So Dear Future Colleague was born last summer in um, response to the murder of George Floyd and subsequent Black Lives Matter movements. Um, Our founder, Nancy, um, was able to coalesce a group of law students who felt like, you know, this was something that we could tangibly do to increase representation and diversity within the legal fields, uh, which we all know is incredibly important. Um, So what we do is match prospective law students. So people who are applying now or will be applying with current law students or recent graduates, and they have the option of having general application support. So that can be um, working on your personal statement, your agenda, things like that, or LSAT support. So the applicant has the choice of what kind of mentor they would be looking for. Wednesday, what was the inspiration for the name Dear Future Colleague? So the inspiration comes from the idea that these aren't just our future law students or potential classmates that we're working with. These, This is the future of our career field. These are truly our future colleagues. The legal world is surprisingly small, and it's one field where connections with your peers and your colleagues are so critical, and building that out from the beginning is really important. So having the name Dear Future Colleague really works to remind us that we're more than just fellow students or future competitors on the curve or in the courtroom. We're all working together to get through law school so that we can make the legal field more equitable and reflective of its members and the people that we serve. I'm interested in what inspired both of you to join this organization, both as mentors and also as leaders. Sure. I love this question. So my reasoning for getting involved with Dear Future Colleagues is actually really similar to my reason for wanting to be a teacher. Um, I believe education should be, not is, but should be the great equalizer. Um, and there are so many systemic barriers that prevent it from being so. My story is pretty similar to Melody's. My main motivation was to give back, not only for the mentorship that I had received myself, but also to help build out a program that could give others the resources that I didn't have. So on one hand, I feel very lucky in that I was able to find a professor really early on in undergrad who had been to law school and was really willing to walk me through that entire process. But on the other hand, there were things that I had to figure out on my own. What's the LSAT? How do I study for it? What goal range should I have? Should I apply early decision? What schools should I apply to? What schools can I realistically apply to? And a lot of that information simply isn't readily available. It creates its own barrier to entry trying to figure that stuff out. So that's something that I knew that I wanted to work towards changing because I shudder to think how many people walk away from this field who could truly make a difference, not simply because they're not cut out for it, but because they just don't know where to start. I'm so impressed that you have so many law students serving as mentors. So how have you recruited law students to serve as mentors and how do you convince them to volunteer their time Wednesday? Our mentors are all volunteers and a lot of them have either been mentees themselves or have come to us saying, gosh, I wish something had been there for me like this program when I was going through law school or when I was applying. Um, and our mentors come from such a wide array of backgrounds, which I think is something that both myself and the rest of the people on the executive board really take pride in because applying to law school can feel very elite and very cold. So having someone that comes from a similar 
similar background as you, who looks like you, sit down with you, can really help combat that and make it feel more welcome. Can you give some advice to people who uh, have managed to secure a mentor in terms of how they can maximize that relationship and get the most out of it? I would say find someone who understands not just you as a student, but you as a person. Because I think a lot of times students, particularly the type who end up leaning towards law school, start to view themselves through the lens of solely a student rather than more holistically as an individual. And law school is one of those uniquely different experiences where it doesn't just matter how good of a student you are. It really matters the heart and soul that you put into it as a person. So I think it's really important to find a mentor who can pull you out of that mode of thinking, of thinking of yourself as your GPA, and notice the things and highlight the things that make you you. Because while it sounds cliche and it sounds like a trick statement, admission officials really do want to see what makes you you. So we do. Very true. We definitely do. (laughs) Yeah. Find someone who can see that spark and help you focus on it. Know that your experience is your own. It's unique. And just because someone shares some identity with you, for example, I'm a first generation American um, and had DFC been around when I was applying to law school, it would have been really great to have a mentor who is also first gen, who could have reviewed my personal statement, which is largely about being the daughter of immigrants. Um, But just because someone has one shared identity with you, and that might be a really powerful identity, doesn't mean they know your whole story or they, they can estimate your outcomes or, um, or can be the person pushing you through it because you're the person going through it. Right. So they're there for you. They're there for guidance and advice. But if something just doesn't seem like it's, you know, the right piece of advice for you, or, um, it's, you know, it doesn't fit with what it is that you're needing right now. Know that like, it's not binding. Melody, who would be a good match for dear future colleague and how can a prospective law student get involved with DFC? That's a great question. So our mission is to serve and support underrepresented law school applicants. So if anyone feels like they are underrepresented and they don't see themselves um, in this process um, as abundantly, you know, as they should be, then DFC is for them. And by representation, we really mean a variety of different identities. It's um it's not just, you know, racial identity, it's sexual orientation, it's your immigration status, it's your socioeconomic status. Um, it's any life experience that you think um, is not represented the way that it should be in law school and in the legal profession. We match absolutely everyone who who looks for a mentor, um, because we know that there's such a variety of ways um, to define representation. Thank you both so much. This is such a pleasure to get to talk to you. And thank you for your incredible work. It's very inspiring. Thank you. Thank you both. This is so fun. We hope this episode provided you with a snapshot of just a few of the many, many programs you might explore if you're a prospective law student. Our goal was to showcase a wide array of different kinds of pipeline programs so you can see the breadth of the opportunities out there. And as we said at the start, These are four programs and only four. They may not be the right ones for you, but we hope that this episode inspires you to dig into your own research. And on that note, we have an action item for you to do right after listening to this episode. You can tell that we both used to be teachers.
All right. So let's preface this homework assignment by acknowledging that there are a lot of ways to research pipeline programs. Explore social media, Google. Use the Google. Use the Google box. Speak to a pre-law advisor. Chat with a friend. You can reach out to your local bar association. Definitely. There are tons of ways to research, but both of us have a strong opinion about one of the absolute best one-stop shops for this kind of research. And that brings us back to your homework. Open your phone, computer, iPad, or grab a pencil and paper and write this down. Access Lex Diversity Pipeline Program Directory. That's A-C-C-E-S-S-L-E-X Diversity Pipeline Program Directory. Write it down. Type it out. Access Lex Diversity Pipeline Program Directory. Access Lex Institute is a nonprofit organization composed of law schools that work to further access to a legal education through programming, research, policy advocacy, and direct services. Among a bunch of other resources, Access Lex provides an online database that can help you identify what pipeline program might be right for you. You can filter in a bunch of different ways by program length, is it a summer session or during the academic year? And you can also filter by various program features. For example, are you looking for internships, mentorship, LSAT prep, that kind of thing. And you can also filter by region and in various other ways. Take 10 minutes after this episode ends and just poke through all the programs. There is a lot of interest in diversifying the legal profession and many devoted people running programs large and small that may prove pivotal in your professional journey. And as a note for the future, AccessLex also has an incredible directory of law school scholarship opportunities. In my view, it's the best one out there. Thank you, as always, for listening to Navigating Law School Admissions with Miriam and Christy. Do you have a question you'd like us to answer? Or a personal statement or resume you'd like us to review? Submit them on our new website. This podcast is produced by Ryan McAvoy from the Yale Broadcast Studio.